No one comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. to Huddle Up Podcast, live here on our Facebook page. It is Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. Yes, we're live on a Tuesday. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Um, And we have tons to talk about tonight, including the champs are set to defend their crown. But first, our show is brought to you by QB54. Football season's here. Hockey's about to start tomorrow. Uh, Basketball's coming up, and we're in the meat of the... uh, of the, and we're getting into the baseball playoffs, but uh, it's time for you to get ready for those tailgate parties, weekend pregames, and uh, with the best game money can buy, go to playqb54.com, use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your order. That is the sponsor of our home network, NGSC Sports. Visit them at ngscsports.com, and uh, you can check that out. Make sure you do so. And uh, let's get Dave on the line and uh, get him in here. Dave, how you doing this week, bud? Jim, it's uh, Tuesday night, as we said earlier. It's a uh, it's been an interesting week so far, but uh, three more days till the weekend. But uh, uh, can you inform our listeners on why we're here Tuesday night instead of Wednesday night? I think it's pretty crucial, especially if uh, one Uncle Mitch is listening. It is. It is absolutely critical that people know that we're not live on a. Wednesday this week because tomorrow night um in actually less than 24 hours away our Washington Capitals raise their Stanley Cup championship uh banner to the rafters at Capital One Arena and uh the boys got their rings last night uh they look spectacular in my not so humble opinion I think they they are the greatest uh championship ring that has ever been designed uh, I think you you would probably concur on that, Dave. I mean, it's clearly better than anything we've designed the past two or three years. So, uh, just making <laughs> sure that that's out there and that that's all that matters. That they are pretty damn sexy. Absolutely. Uh, if you're following along with us on the live video, give us a like, give us a share, get as many people in here as you can. You can see we're, we're not in the normal setup, and if you look over like uh, above above me, you'll see like a hole in the ceiling. And you'll see some like construction equipment 
in the uh, in the corner. the The studio space is is currently under some construction, um, and uh, so it's going to be some exciting stuff coming up with the studio uh, over the next few months. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But that is why we're kind of in a different space. We had a little snafu last week uh, because of weather. Um, and and I was a little afraid we were going to have the same thing tonight. But we're here live and we're going to we're going to, uh, you know, be getting this stuff rolling. Um, we may have an issue with the live video. I don't even know. It said something about broadcast interrupted, but I'm not about to get up uh, and change it. Well, people just have to uh, check out the audio version this week, Dave. Um so uh, and and if people want to uh, get involved with us with the with the college football pick'em, they can do that by going to tinyurl.com slash huddle up pick'em, um, and they will be able to um, go head to head with us. Obviously, if they they won't be able to beat us for the for the full season, but if you go week to week, um, you know that that's uh, just a little fun extra to add to your um, you know weekly sports. Items. So let Dave, let's jump right into it. Obviously, like we said, the Capitals raise the banner um, tomorrow. The season starts tomorrow with, uh, I think, a small number of games. I know there's a West Coast game on NBC uh, after the Caps game. Um, Tom Wilson already facing a suspension. Uh, you know, it, it was a hit that could have been avoided. I'll leave it at that for the interest of time. Uh, I'm sure Willie will give many opportunities throughout the year for us to talk more about him. Um, He's still a Stanley Cup champion. He's still a top liner, so uh, haters can still suck it, in my opinion. Um, but Dave, the 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 main question we're not going to go obviously deep into a uh, hockey prediction um, in, in terms of like breaking down divisions, things like that. But let's let's look in the uh, look in the eight ball, uh, eight and a half months from now, middle of June. Uh, who, in your opinion, is is raising Lord Stanley next summer? I think you have me on mute, Dave. Ah, shit. I had a great answer there, too. <laughs> Let's try again. Dave, uh, next summer, who is raising Lord Stanley? I, I think we have to go with um, – there, There's a, a, there's a couple of really good teams that are going to be quietly good. Toronto, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be good again. Um, you, you got a, a sneaky team out west with San Jose with the huge defensive pickup that they had. So – um, those would be my three front runners, aside from the obvious of the Pittsburgh, the Washington, the uh, those type of teams. So um, I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, over the San Jose Sharks. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I want to be like the, uh, the the smart ass, the the confident champion, um, and, and say the Caps are, are prime for a repeat. Uh, but I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a possibility there because the team is very similar. Uh, to the one that raised the cup uh, uh, less than four months ago. Uh, but it is very hard to go back-to-back. We haven't seen a back-to-back champion very often, uh, and I'm not going to touch on anyone that has done it in recent memory because it doesn't matter anymore, that team that's done it in recent memory. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, I'm going to go with um, Tur- uh, Tampa Bay over Nashville. I think those are two teams that, that are, are just going to keep – floating around with the top teams they they 
you know, make efforts to improve themselves. So, so just as I'm looking at it and thinking about it, uh, obviously things will change dramatically. A year ago, I don't think anybody was talking about the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. So, obviously, you know, there there may be that team that kind of surprises you. But I have Tampa uh, over Nashville. The only other uh, hockey item, Dave, real quick, and it, it is just because it's a uh, item of of timeliness. Uh, the NHL executive committee today. Um, voted to continue with the Seattle, Seattle application. Uh, the vote would be coming in December. They need a 75% um, uh, you know, yes vote to that. The team would then begin in 2020 if approved. Um, and, and Seattle, much like we saw with, with Vegas when they were trying to put the, the franchise together, um, has kind of done their homework. They look like a, a, a franchise and a city um, that, that really wants the National Hockey League there. Um, it, it is weird having an odd number of teams, so I think it was only a matter of time before we added a 32nd, and by all accounts, um, Seattle looks like a pretty decent city uh, to put it in. Yeah, Jim, I agree. I mean, I, I didn't see a lot on this other than a couple headlines, but did they, uh, did they announce anything with what they're doing playoff-wise? Are we going to get to half the teams make the playoffs versus the kind of – weirdness that we have right now that just under half of them make the playoffs. Uh, um, but I, I, I do yeah, agree. I, I think Seattle's going to be a, a great city for the NHL to locate too. Should have pretty good support. Uh, and and uh, I can't wait to see the Seattle Seahawks fans take in hockey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Dave, let, let's jump to college football. Uh, we had a question from Scott uh in in the uh in the in the live video comments and he asked does Notre Dame make the college football playoff if they lose a game um and and honestly I don't think they do um even if it would have been a close loss to what is probably the, the their best opponent this past weekend in Stanford I just don't think that this year with the way things have shaken out I I don't think the schedule's hard enough um you know, you have uh, Virginia Tech, who is coming into this week now number 24, but that loss to Old Dominion does not make them look good. Um, you know, Florida State was an opponent that preseason was one of those ones like, hey, we got to hang our hat on that victory. Florida State is just a complete dumpster fire this year. Like, <laughs> besides Stanford and uh, Michigan at the beginning, right now it seems that Syracuse is Notre Dame's best opponent left on the schedule. I mean, you have USC there, you have a Navy there. Like, there's there's good opponents, but like, it, it, there's nothing r- strong enough that Notre Dame could survive uh, could survive a loss. Yeah, I agree, Jim. I mean, the the, the other issue too is all your big big wins are going to be at home. So you need that quality road win that really stands out in the committee's mind. But I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's got to be Virginia Tech, right? Yeah, it has to be this week. This is you know, and and USC, USC at the end of the year uh, is on the road, and and hopefully by that point, uh, USC will find themselves somewhere in the top twenty-five, and they should if they continue to win. Like if they if they stumble and lose upon the way, then they may not be in the top twenty-five. But that that would have be another opportunity for a top 25 road victory. But I think your your best one in terms of like tough places to go into would be this weekend. Yeah, I agree. And I think you need you need a double-digit win in both of these road games, these big road games, to assist if a uh, loss did have to, happen to happen. Yes. Um, so who, who knows? It'll be very interesting. But uh, 
the the safe bet is to win out and see what happens because I would I would like to see you win out and not get in just to watch you go absolutely ballistic. Uh yeah, I don't want to talk about that, uh, especially because like there'd probably be like three SEC teams that made it in, and then I'd really have to get mad. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about one uh, item of note from this past weekend. Obviously, you had the uh, close game between Penn State, Ohio State, Ohio State coming out um, with the victory, and the the big thing coming out of it was the fourth and five play call and and you know who makes the play call and and qu- people calling into question James Franklin as as you know a big game uh head coach uh Dave what do you, what is is you and I and I know that you kind of take college football a little bit from a wide perspective um you know you do favor Penn State obviously but um in, in your opinion like who exactly is James Franklin as a as the head coach of Penn State at this point, do you think he is a guy that can lead this team to to a playoff, to a national championship, or is he a guy that is a great recruiter and just somewhat of a good, or you know, somewhere between mediocre and good uh, in terms of a big game coach? So I'm going to kind of uh, punt, for lack of better terms, on your question here, Jim. But I you think, do this uh, a Franklin lot. Absolute great recruiter. Um, however, he's very good at uh, motivation, which is something you need in college football, and he's a very intelligent man. So what he needs to do to get Penn State to the next level is he needs to surround himself with two coordinators who call a game and um, put complete faith in them and remove himself from play-calling duties, and that's how Penn State gets to the next level. Obviously, he can have some input, but he needs to remove himself from the majority of it if, if possible. Um, so how's that for kind of punning but answering it? Um, that's usually that's a kind of a part for the course uh, for you. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know, you know, who or, or, or what James Franklin is. The thing I've always said about, about him, even back to like Vanderbilt when he was, um, you know, kind of being talked about for, for a bigger job, um, be it like a Tennessee or then of course when it was Penn State uh, I, I I've just said like there, there's something about him that that seems off and and you know I, I I don't exactly know what it is but um you know I, I he, he he you know has gotten obviously Penn State to, to championship games and 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 things like that but you know, I, I just I, – I don't know. I think people may be overreacting to this one situation. I mean, coaches make bad choices, um, you know, every week. Like, there's there's always – there's always seems to be a, a, a poor coaching decision somewhere, be it college football, be it NFL. So I'm not going to completely write them off because of, of what happened this past week. But, um, you know, it's it, – it, you know, not to punt, as you call it, but it just – you know, it wasn't a good play call, but you know, you you you, I I, I think you shouldn't overreact to to one play. Um, let's uh, let's go to this weekend, Dave. We have uh, three top twenty-five head-to-head matchups, and again, for the full slate of uh, pickums, you can go head-to-head against us. Tinyurl.com/slash/huddleuppickum, um, and you can go uh, head-to-head with us, Dave. I think you're currently in the lead, but. Uh, I made a big jump this past week. I'm coming for you. Uh, but let's go to Saturday at noon. 
uh, this one. Not worried. <laughs> Saturday, uh, of course, all of these games, October the 6th, noon uh, on Fox from the Cotton Bowl. It is number 19, Texas at 4-1, and one, taking on number 7, Oklahoma, who is 5-0 and oh, and a 7.5-point uh, favorite. The over-under on this game is 59. Um, you know, I think Texas is a surprise team this year. If I had to, if I had to, you know, kind of label uh, a few of the surprise teams this year, this would be one of them. I don't think people expected uh, Texas, based on you know how disappointing they were a year ago, uh, to be where they are today. Um, does that mean I think they can beat Oklahoma? I don't. Um, but again, when you start talking about rivalry games, weird things happen, and there there are times where the worst team does win. Uh, I do not think Saturday will be one of those. I think uh, I will take you know Texas with the points. I think they beat the spread. I think Oklahoma wins outright. Um, and if, when you're talking about two Big 12 opponents and it's anything under 60 as the over-under, I will take the over every single time. So uh, Oklahoma outright, Texas with the points, and the over. on Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma covering the spread and the under, just because I'm going to be contrarian. Oh, there's something new. <laughs> um, Len, uh, we got a 3.30 on CBS. This is number five LSU at 5-0. and They're a two-point road favorite at number 22, Florida, who is 4-1. and The over-under on this one is 45-and-a-half. Again, 3.30 uh, on CBS. Um, again, uh, not to kind of uh, you know, sound repetitive here, but I think LSU at five and zero, uh, fifth in the country, I think would be a surprise. I, I I personally love it. Um, you know, I was kind of on the Ed Orgeron train when he was uh trying to get the job at USC, and I thought he got a raw deal uh in Southern California. So f- for him to be doing what he's doing and to be super successful, we've talked about you know how uh, at least in his uh in his tone of voice and the way he talks it's a perfect fit uh for LSU um you know they they are absolutely overperforming and I, they will continue to win at least for this week Florida is not good enough to beat LSU so I will take LSU outright as for 45 and a half I'm going to pull the under on this one um you know even though we have seen SEC football in terms of your low-scoring games kind of dissolve a little bit in, the, in recent years. Um, I just don't know that Florida is going to be good enough to score enough points to, so that the combined is in, on the over. So uh, LSU and the under. Hold on to your seat for this one, Jim. Whoa. Florida and the over. <laughs> Are you you got to be kidding. You're just being funny well, at this point. No, no, no. This game, I mean, tell me, again, tell me why this game's only two. It makes absolutely no sense. This game, this is one of those that Vegas knows something, so it's going to skew it up a little bit. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like that this number should be in the four to five range. And it's only two, so I'm going to take Florida to win this game outright. Wow. Um, we Well, we may have to uh... – discuss this one a little bit more as we look back on it when we're back live next week um and uh you know for if you follow along with us on the live video make sure you're following along with us on on 
both of our social media pages. Of course, you know where the Facebook page is. Make sure you're liking that. Make sure if you're on Twitter, you follow us at Huddle Up Podcast and uh, subscribe to us on all podcast platforms, whether you're Android or iPhone. Um, you can do that. Huddle Up with Jim and Dave. Um, and I think the link is on both uh, social media pages. So make sure you are doing that. Uh, and then Saturday, the big one in Blacksburg, it is number six, Notre Dame, who's five and zero. uh, they are five and a half point favorite on the road against number 24, Virginia tech. Uh, the over under on this one is 55 and a half. This one is eight o'clock on ABC. Um, Notre Dame really looks like, like a different team, uh, in the last two weeks with Ian book. Um, and I was, I'm much more confident with where they are after what they did to Stanford because like, okay, Putting up a big win uh, on the road at Wake Forest is 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 nice, but it didn't give me like a, a ton of confidence as a Notre Dame fan. Um, and and I, by no means I am not putting this team in a playoff spot. I am not even you know I'm not having any sort of uh, you know grand illusion because there's more games left than they've played. Um, but I, I think that they've learned from the mistakes of not being ready for a big road environment. Um, from last year when they went down to Miami and got shell-shocked. I think the team, the defense is playing better than I can ever remember a Notre Dame defense playing. So I'm taking Notre Dame. I am taking the points. It is all Irish, and dear God, that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. We are going uh, We are going with the upset in Blacksburg here. More so, it's kind of like Brady. I very rarely could pick Notre Dame, so um, <laughs> I do like this. Uh, I, I do like this spot for Virginia Tech with a letdown game here for Notre Dame after coming up off the big, uh, the big victory with Stanford. Um, don't know if Virginia Tech can get it done or not. Uh, not not 100% sure how healthy their quarterback is. Um, obviously, uh, the backup played pretty good. I believe it was last week or two weeks ago. So re- regardless, should be okay. Um, but again, this is more of a situational spot here with, uh, with Notre Dame coming off that Stanford loss and heading on the road. So, um, I'm going to go with Virginia tech here and I don't care about the total because I just want to see you miserable. Love you. (laughs) Love you too. Uh, we, I am aware that the uh, video gets a little choppy at times. It's like, it's kind of between two, uh, two Wi-Fi spots in, in, in the, uh, in the house here. So I don't know if, uh, that's causing some problems. We'll try and get it fixed for next week. Again, we're in a temporary situation, a little construction going on, but I promise you the end result of the, uh, of the constructions is, uh, is going to be really, really cool. So just, uh, stick with us, uh, as we go throughout this season and, and, and whatnot. So, uh, Dave, let's jump to the NFL. Just a couple of, uh, stories of note, uh, for, for the week, and then we'll get to our uh, big four games. Uh, obviously, one of the big topics of discussion a year ago was plummeting ratings. Um, now here we are a year later, and if at least if you're a fan of the NFL, uh, there's some better news on that front that um, each network and each hour slot um, has been performing better com- comparatively speaking to a year ago, and even in some cases week to week uh, this year. Uh, the ratings are up, and they're continuing to improve. Um, so that, that, that's a positive sign, you know. And I know um, from from Fox Sports' perspective, um, you know, Clay Travis in the morning, he you know, he pointed out that it has to do with uh, the fact that there is not as much coverage on any um, 
anthem demonstrations, which may or may not be true. I mean, I know I said last year, like, if you stop showing them, people are going to stop talking about them, and they're just going to talk about football. And maybe that's kind of the reason that the ratings are up. I don't know. But the fact is the ratings are up. Whatever is being done is working. And, um, you know, I think it's a positive thing all around. Um, you know, not that the, I don't think the NFL was really in any danger. They were, you know, getting record profits and things like that. So, um, but if you're, if you're a person who concerns themselves with, with rating numbers, um, you can rest easy. Yeah, I, I agree with, with everything you said. And I mean, part of the, the ratings increase, which I don't think, uh, it's being talked about that much is how competitive and close a lot of these games have been. I mean, mm-hmm. I got to believe some of the ratings numbers die off when you're, when you're looking at a, uh, an NFL game that's 30 to three in the going to halftime here. And there, there's been very few of those uh, so far this year. So I think that that helps with ratings too. Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, the only, the only one that like suffered and I saw that this past Sunday's Raven Steelers game, uh, which by all accounts was not an exciting game um, was one of the lower numbered games uh, so far this year. So yeah, I think that the level of competition and um, I, I don't have the actual numbers in front of me, but like the points being scored, the yardage being produced, uh, things like that are are like the tops in, in league history, or at least in the last like 20, 25 years. So that contributes too. yeah, like you said, the, the games are more exciting, which in turn is going to get people to watch more. So um, all around, I think the product is better. Uh, this year so it, it it's you know paying off for the national football league um, i agree with everything you said there i mean better product is going to get more interest. oh you still with me yeah yeah uh, you, you just kind of i don't know you just kind of uh you just kind of cut off for like a brief second and i was like afraid that like my my computer or uh or something had gone down, but uh, you know we're still with it. We're still recording, uh, and it looks like we're still on the air. So, which uh, is just like stop in the middle of sentences and long pauses to really drive you nuts. I mean, I would appreciate you not doing that, but uh, knowing you, I, I I never know what to expect. Um, Earl Thomas on Sunday uh, suffered what appears to be a, a season-ending injury, um, and and as he was being carted off, he was flipping off uh, the Seattle Seahawks bench. Um, and, and I know this was kind of a, a, a topic of discussion because it ties back to, you know, is he right? Is Le'Veon Bell right? Are they both right or are they both wrong? And, and I think the bottom line here is there's, there's no perfect answer. Um, you know, Earl Thomas was sitting out during practice, didn't want to get hurt because, you know, he wanted to get traded. He didn't want to be uh, part of the Seattle organization anymore. They weren't trading him. He was playing on Sundays, and now he's out for the year, uh, where you have Le'Veon Bell, who, you know, has been holding out, hasn't, you know, hasn't shown up at all. He's now said he'll he'll show up for, you know, week seven, uh, with, you know, with the Steelers, which obviously we, we knew that. We talked about that. It's the only way for him not to have to go through this again next year. Um, you know, each guy kind of has to make their own call. And, you know, it's it's their business, it's their life, it's their livelihood, just like we have to in our own jobs, um, you know, any day, any time. If, you know, we have an offer, if we're not happy with something, if, you know, you're frustrated about something, you feel like you'd be happy somewhere else, 
everybody has to go through the same decisions, and that's what they're doing. Um, I thought it was a little classless uh, on Earl Thomas's part. Um, you know, regardless of the the struggle and the frustration that he's had, like you're you're on a public, um, you know, you're in a, in the public light there, and I just thought it was a, a pretty bad optics. Um, but in terms of is he right or is Bell right or whatever, I, I, there there's not really a, a straight answer to it. It's just a just a mess. There is about the best way to put it. That yeah. uh, there, there isn't a right answer one way or the other. I mean, looking at it right now, I think you have to say that Bell's right because Bell's able to play at the moment. So, um, and he's not going through this disaster dumpster fire fire that's Pittsburgh right now. So, um, you got to say that Bell's right over being injured. Uh, but uh, I don't know that either one of them is a real good look for this game. Yeah, it's it's like you said, ugly all the way around uh, is the best way to put it. Uh, we're about a quarter of the way through the season, Dave. Um, what to you is the biggest surprise or the biggest story um, of, of the season? Good, bad, ugly, what have you? You know, what what is your, you, you know, when, when somebody says 2018 NFL season so far, what's kind of that first thing uh, that pops into your head? I, I think it has to be how dominating the Carolina Panthers were week one against Dallas Cowboys. I walked face first into that. I really did. I should have seen that coming. I think uh, I think your I think your number one story has to be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Um, I, I, granted, I do not think that this Chiefs team is nearly as good as they're getting credit for right now. I mean, uh, they barely beat a Denver team uh, that is not all that good. Um, but the Chiefs have had the perfect schedule in the fact that their weakness is their, their ability to stop the, the pass on defense, and they have played no one that could really exploit that so far. So um, I, I do think that the Chiefs team is going to come crashing down a little bit, but uh, I, I think that that's one of the, the big stories. But I think the other one has kind of been a uh, – I don't even know how you call it, but call it or, or what you want to call it or talk about, but it's been like a uh, transformation – of the previous powers, for lack of better terms. Like, uh, Seattle's not very good. Dallas isn't very good, although they weren't really a previous power. Um, New Orleans has looked iffy. Pittsburgh's been terrible. The Patriots have been terrible. The Eagles have a lot of problems. So I, I, again, we, we appreciate all of last year, but the parity in this league is just yeah. ridiculous right now. Yeah, it really is. Um, for, for me, you know, my my kind of number one thing that stands out is the Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, this is a team that we knew was going to be good. There was no way that they weren't going to be good, you know, coming off what they did last year. You know, we know we got, they got a little shell-shocked in their first, uh, you know, postseason game as a young team with a young coach and all of that. Um, so we knew they were going to be good. There was no doubt. Um, but just how good that they have looked through the first four games um, is unreal. Now, Minnesota, and again, it kind of goes to that parody thing. Um, that you were just talking about, but um, you know Minnesota hasn't looked like the defense or the team that we thought they were going to be this year. Um, but you know the the Rams just you know dominate them. I know you know the, Minnesota scored thirty one, but it never even seemed last week like they were really going to threaten that game and win that game. And and you know I, I the, the the more I'm really thinking about it in the way that the first four 
games have played out. Obviously, things can change, and the Eagles can figure themselves out, or you know, the Patriots can figure them themselves out, or what have you. Um, but when you're talking about the NFC, like, man, I just have a hard time believing that there's going to be a team that is going to be able to beat uh, beat the Rams. You know, as as long as this Rams team stays healthy, and that's obviously you know with with uh, 12 games remaining uh, on, on teams' schedule, you know, that's that that's the big key. But my my gosh, that, that's the number one thing. Mahomes is great, um, and there's been good football. There's been some surprise teams, good and bad. But to me, the Rams stick out. Yeah, they've no doubt been uh, really good so far this year. Um, I actually saw somewhere that they, they have a realistic chance of, of sitting girly. Obviously, he played no – preseason games or anything along those lines, but they have a realistic chance of sitting him starting like week 12, week 13. So how, how amazing is that, that you could, uh, you could have everything locked up just the way the division's going and all that. And your, your stars could play the 16 games allotted, but that would include the postseason and um, everything else too, not even the preseason or anything like that. So kind of wicked that you even think about that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unbelievable what, what they, uh, could potentially do. All right, Dave, let's look to this weekend, um, week number five in the NFL season. We have uh, I picked out four games here, uh, starting with uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS. The 3-1 and Dolphins uh, are at the 3-1 and Bengals. And it just seems weird that that sounds like a big game. But, by you know, besides the uh, the, the Dolphins Getting getting absolutely throttled by New England, they've looked like a really good team this year. And the Beng- the Bengals, uh, at least from an offensive standpoint, are just putting up some silly numbers. Now I get it, September, you know, but De- December can leer its ugly head uh, when it comes to uh, Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. But anyway, three and one versus three and one. Uh, the Bengals are a six point home favorite. The over under on this one is fifty and a half. Um, I'm curious to see, Dave, how the the Dolphins respond to what was just a a, a pretty big and and has to be somewhat embarrassing loss uh, to New England, uh, especially a New England team that went into it one and two. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm going to go with the Bengals to win this game outright, just just because they're playing at home. I'm going to give them the edge. I think the Dolphins beat you know, beat the spread. I think you're, you're, you're under a touchdown, uh, of difference here. And I'm going to go the over on the points, both, both offenses when clicking have looked really, really good this year. So I'm, I'm going to say the dolphins can bounce back from what they did. Well, what they didn't do a week ago, and that was, you know, play offense. So, you know, just with what the Bengals have been doing, I think you might even get Joe Mixon back. Again, this is Tuesday uh, that, that we're putting this out there. So plenty of time between now and the games. So these numbers will move a bit. But as we're sitting here, I like um, the Bengals to win outright, Miami with the points, and the over. This is a game I don't have a real feel on because it just, it, it, especially against the number here, it just seems very – Odd. I mean, Miami closed at uh, about six and a half last week against the Patriots. And then you're going to tell me that there's six in Green Bay. Or not Green Bay, but uh, Cincinnati. Well, something doesn't add up there in, in my eyes and my head there. How am, I, how am I going to be laying the points with Cincinnati when they're the same number as New England the prior week and, and uh, Miami was on the road? So you're essentially telling me that 
Cincinnati home field and New England home field the same, and, and both teams are power rated about the same. So um, I have to, uh, again, go back to my logic here and say that teams aren't as bad as they played, right. as bad or as good as they were the week before. Um, so it tells me you're going to get some value in the Miami Dolphins right now. Um, so the Dolphins are definitely the play against the spread. Um, however, winning the game straight up, I don't know if they can or they cannot. Uh, so I would have to go with Cincinnati just being home, same picks as you there. And uh, just to keep it different, I'm going under. All right, very good. The 3-1 and one Jaguars travel to the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs, who are a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, the over-under on this one, 51-and-a-half. Um, this one also Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS man you know the 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 jags you're, you're going to be without leonard fournette um who you know is out at least probably i think i read today the next two weeks um with the with the hamstring injury that he that he re-aggravated uh, so i just think with the way that the chiefs are playing um and and the fact that it's in kansas city one of the hardest environments to go into uh, i'm going to take the chiefs um with the points and I'm going to go just under, just under 51 and a half. So, Jim, this is another very interesting situation here. Um, with, with the Chiefs coming off the the game last night, uh, again, being Monday night that we're broadcasting on Tuesday. Um, so they have a short week here for a pretty good defensive team here in Jacksonville. However, my question with Jacksonville is, can they exploit – the uh, the weak Chiefs secondary. Um, the the other thing that's very interesting is if uh, Jim, if I told you Week One, so forget everything you've seen so far this year, what would you have lined this game then? I mean, you have to make Jacksonville minus three, right? A right. Yeah, point. I would. I would not have had Kansas City as the favorite, and I probably would have even had the. Uh, I would have even had the over under um, lower, probably. So I mean, I. I would have to go with Jacksonville just from that whole thing. Um, I I think Jacksonville has very good potential to win this game. Um, I mean, they almost went into Foxborough to to win a game for the playoffs last year, and uh, I don't think Yeldon is that much of a uh, downgrade from uh, Lenny Fournette. Uh, obviously, two different styles there, but I'm not convinced on this Kansas City defense either. Um, so I, I'm going Jacksonville straight up. Uh, give me the points, too. And uh, we'll take this game under as well. All right. Then we go to Sunday at 425 on Fox. Uh, you have the undefeated Los Angeles Rams, a seven-point road favorite against 2-2 two and two Seattle. The over-under on this one, 50-and-a-half. Um, this one, you know, it's big because it's the NFC West. And, and you're, you're looking at a situation where if the Rams can keep winning, like you said, they're almost going to put themselves in a position to uh, almost go into cruise control, um, you know, week 12, week 13, uh, if they keep doing what they're doing. Um, so that's kind of why I highlighted this one. I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go with the points. I'm going to go over. They might score more than 50 and a half on a Seattle team that looks like it is just crumbling. And maybe I put this on there too, because anytime that I can take joy in the, uh, in the, the downfall of the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll, I'll, I will do that. Um, so Rams points over, let it roll. Doesn't this 
this one feel like his number's not high enough? I mean, just on the yes. surface and at a Absolutely. quick glance. Absolutely. So I think what happens in this game is that the, the, the Rams are up 14 and Seattle somehow miraculously scores a touchdown with like 30 seconds left to get Vegas <laughs> in the door because they're going to need Seattle in this game. Um, that being said, I'm not touching this game with, with anything at the moment. Um, there, there's just too many question marks, and I don't like laying a touchdown on the road in the NFL. It's just too hard to win on the road in the NFL, period. Um, I, obviously, I like the Rams straight up. That's a no-brainer. Um, I do tend to think that if the, the Seahawks are going to cover this game and make this a game, it's going to have to stay under. Um, how that stays under, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I would I would be leaning the under and uh, grabbing the points with Seattle just because I don't understand this number at the moment. Um, but that's just my two cents on that. Very good. And then our final NFL game in our big four is uh, let's go to Monday night in the Superdome. Uh, it is the 2-1 and one Redskins coming off of the bye, one of the two teams along with your Panthers that have the unfortunate uh, first bye week of the season. Uh, the two and one Redskins, a three or a six and a half point road underdog, uh, against the three and one Saints. The over under on this one, 52 and a half. Uh, of course, this one, uh, Monday at, uh, 815 on ESPN. Um, I, th- this one is so weird. Like, you know, the NFC East is bad enough that, like, this is a game if the Redskins win, like, they're, they're right there with, uh, running, you know, in line with uh, with Dallas and Philadelphia, uh, you know, for the division leads. So it's just really, really such a weird game to talk about. Um, the 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 Saints with Alvin Kamara. I mean, the guy's a the guy's a monster. Um, you know what he's been doing. Uh, you get Mark Ingram back. Um, so you you, you got to think the Redskins coming off the bye. You know, maybe they'll have a little bit. of a little bit of an edge to uh, to scheme, um, so I'm going to take the Saints to win outright. I don't think the Redskins are good enough to beat the Saints in this game. Um, but at six and a half, and again, you know, disclaimer: we're sitting here on a Tuesday night. If you're listening to the audio side of this later in the week, we're recording this on on, on a Tuesday uh, once again, so we can watch the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals raise their banner. Uh, tomorrow night, which is why we're not going to be live on a Wednesday. Um, but so I think the Redskins can can cover that six and a half number. Um, and I, I like this one to be low scoring. So I'm going to go the under under the 52 and a half. Um, you know, even with Kamara doing what he's been doing, getting Ingram back, um, uh, may, maybe the Redskins can hold them in check. I, and the Redskins offense, I don't think is good enough to put put up a lot of big points. So I'm going to go under uh, Saints outright. And again, uh, Redskins to cover the six and a half. So my first comment on this game is why the hell are the Redskins playing a Monday night game coming off a bye? That just doesn't make sense no, to it me, doesn't. logically speaking. So um, the the other interesting piece on this is I, I think that last year teams when they came off buys and this is due to a lot of the uh, the negotiations and everything that happened with the, the, the salary cap and all the uh, the players association and all that. But I think teams really struggled in the first half when they came off the buy. Okay. Um, so I think that that was one of the trends that was pretty publicly known last year. 
Um, so I, I think that the I, I do like how this Redskins team matches up against the Saints. But uh, given that struggle off the bye, I mean, it's earlier in the year, so it helps a little bit that it's not going to be as bad of a uh, a struggle or a regression-type factor. Um, I, I think that you, you have to take the Saints in this in any pools, anything along those lines, but I think you can take the Redskins with the points, and I, I do think this Redskins team is live on Monday night and uh, does have a chance at pulling this one off. And uh, um, quite frankly, I had no issue with that being in the Saints division. So um, this, this Saints team doesn't scare me too much at this point, um, but I, I think that uh, – the Redskins do have a chance with this, uh, just depending health-wise and all that, the, the motivation factor coming off the bye. All right, very good, Dave. And um, that's really all I got. Um, you know, we kind of we wanted to make sure we got something in this week uh, because of the uh, the odd situation last week. I know it's a, a different night for us. We appreciate people kind of uh, adjusting with us. Um, but you know, we're, we want to, we want to be live with you each and every week. So that's why we wanted to get something in. Do you have any, any other thoughts, um, before again, the Capitals Stanley cup banner being raised tomorrow night, Dave, and, and another pretty solid slate of, of, uh, football games this upcoming weekend. Yeah, Jim, just, just one quick comment for uh, Sunday NFL games here. Um, how ridiculous and, and call me crazy, but uh, I think you have a decent potential that you might see uh, Buffalo Bills win this Sunday and the Cleveland Browns. Um, how crazy would it be if the, the Ravens come off the win to the Steelers and lay an egg in Cleveland, which I think is a very, very strong possibility. Absolute possibility. So, uh, grab those. I think they were two and a half or three point uh, favorites there. Make sure you grab those points and take them to the bank because I think you might have a uh, – Baker Mayfield uh, win home win here. But, uh, Jim, I, I have to say I'm uh, extremely disappointed in you not mentioning one of the biggest sporting events that happened um, since we've been on the air the last time. I figured that this was a, a surefire mention that was going to come from you. What's that? Man, the, uh, the greatest golfer of our era. Got his, uh, got his win a couple, two weekends ago. Oh, with uh, with Tiger, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think it, Man, you're it, a little slow on the draw there. You, you forgot all about that. I figured that was like topic number one A after the the banner. Well, I, it probably had to do with the fact that the the USA team got absolutely uh, whitewashed in in France last weekend. Um, so so I my 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 golf brain got a little slow. Um, yeah, no, you, you go back to the the Tour Championship, and you know, just absolutely one of the coolest environments i mean I, I remember watching tiger when he was tiger uh when i was much younger but like now that i play golf um and i'm much more interested in watching golf tournaments like seeing you know that crowd chase him up 18 and you know rory's just trying to get out of the freaking way so he doesn't get steamrolled um uh, you know it was it was it was one of the coolest things in sports i can remember in a while um because it, it's the closest thing that you know, obviously, a Tiger win hasn't happened in a long time, but it's the closest thing to like vintage Tiger uh, that that we've seen in a very long time, and it, and it kind of you know gives you at least some sort of glimmer of hope that um, you know maybe next year at Augusta, or you know maybe his next year's Open or U.S. Open or what have you, that um, you know maybe Tiger can at least get one more uh, you know major, and and it, you know if he can stay healthy, 
and you know get back to being somewhat dominant because if you look over the course of his season um he was he was really good he just couldn't close a Sunday um until he did you know two weeks ago so you know maybe we're seeing this this kind of one last uh one last chance for Tiger and I absolutely loved it yeah I was uh I mean it takes a lot for me not to watch football on Sunday but I was glued to golf I won't lie and that was uh Mm -hmm. that was freaking awesome to say the least um, so I, I was talking to a couple of coworkers at work about uh, Tiger last week, and I don't want to belabor this too much, um, but it, I can't remember watching a golf tournament on Sunday in, in recent memory where there hasn't been one guy that made a charge from further back. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this field was paralyzed by the Tiger hype too? Because, yeah. I mean, there wasn't one guy – that made a run to try and get him. I mean, like, I cannot remember that, that, that yeah. no one in the field, like, went off, for lack of better terms. And it's like, I mean, these a lot of these young guys, like my favorite Jordy and Rory and all that, really haven't competed against Tiger in his prime. Yeah. And it's just a different environment. But um, absolutely incredible to see him win. Um, if he could control the driver, I think he's proven this year that the driver is his uh, – kryptonite for lack of better terms and if, if he can control that and uh not have to use it that much i think that's going to help him be extremely successful in the coming year or two yeah it, it you know and i i think you're you're pretty spot on there you were looking at a situation where and, and i said going into that into that weekend and especially into that sunday that you that, that golf had the matchup that it's been waiting for for a long time with uh you know tiger and rory in the final pairing and you know Rory Rory had one of the worst days he's had in a while uh Rose just couldn't um you know come back and take take over the thing and on a day where Tiger had his worst round of the weekend but was still really good um and yeah like you said you know how many times this year have we seen a guy who's you know six seven shots back on a Sunday make that push and end up winning the thing or for at least forcing a playoff none of that happened at the tour championship and um, you know, I think, I think Tiger, even though he is, he is softened, um, over the years because he's become human, um, and he's actually become friends with a lot of the guys, which he wasn't back in the day. And, and, and that's, you know, that stuff's well publicized and out there, but even though he's, he is their friend, like when it comes down to business, when it comes down to a Sunday, when, you know, he can, when he's already had a three day lead and he wants the whole damn thing. Like he still has that stare, he still has that look, and that crowd was not there to see Rory win, was not there to see Justin Rose become the FedEx Cup champion or anything else. That crowd at at that course was there to see Tiger um win and, and, and they wanted them wanted him to win the whole thing. Um, you know, he unfortunately he, he fell just short of winning the FedEx Cup, but winning the tournament in and of itself and that scene on eighteen, man. That if, if when we're talking sports stories of 2018, um, you know, you had the Philadelphia Eagles win their first Super Bowl. You had the Washington Capitals win their Stanley Cup. And you, you got to think that Tiger Woods um, and that scene on 18 at the Tour Championship is absolutely right up there at the top with the, the best sports stories of this entire year. You, 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 I think you're muted hey, again. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, mute again. Sorry. <laughs> it's um, cool. No, I agree. It was absolutely uh, ridiculous to see that environment. I mean, can you, can you imagine 
Sunday at Augusta with oh. Tiger in contention. Oh. Like, I want it. I don't even know what I would do. I want it. I want all of it. I, I, I like. I want him in contention at Augusta. I want him in contention at the Open, at the Players, at the U.S. I know it's. A, I know I'm asking a lot now. I know I am. But like, he doesn't have to be in the lead. He doesn't have to have a you know two day, three day lead going into the thing. But let him be like within the four last pairings. Let him be in the conversation. Um, but especially at Augusta, my God, can you imagine the scene? It, it's something that we haven't seen since we were little kids, man. And, and you know, that's exciting. Like, I know we're just talking about the beginning of the NHL season, the middle uh, of the, the college football season, you know, the, the, the second quarter of the NFL season, and we're talking about baseball playoffs. Like, that, the, October's the best month in sports in the year, in my opinion. But, man... Uh, there, there's a small part of me that's like, let's get to Augusta, let's get to Augusta, let's get to Augusta, because I want to see what Tiger Woods can do and what that tournament's going to look like on Sunday at Augusta, and I hope it's not a disappointment. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see, but can you imagine mm. if it's Tiger in the back nine at Augusta with My a God. chance? Like, Th- that roar. It, 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 man, just, just to think about that the chance to have that again one more time. Like it doesn't even have to be year to year. Just give us one more yes. glimpse of that. And, and I mean, man, I, I'll tell you what, I didn't get the, I got some goosebumps watching tiger and everything just with the, the previous watching it with the dad and the grandpa and everything. And it's like, wow, this is childhood all over 15 years ago type of thing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Dave, uh, let's give the, uh, let's give the people where they can follow you on Twitter. And we're going to wrap this thing up and get ready for uh, one last celebration of last year's Capitals team tomorrow night? I'm not going to agree with that because uh, it's not going to be a last celebration. It's going to be a <laughs> uh, celebration that keeps going. So you can stop your celebration, but uh, that's not happening for this guy. So we're at uh, Huddle Up Dave, and uh, we'll talk to everyone next week uh, with the, the banner in the Raptors and uh, another victory under the belt for the Panthers. All right, have a good one, bud. And that's going to do it for us this week. Again, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, in 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 motion here in, uh, in with the Huddle Up podcast. But we'll be back live next Wednesday. We'll be back to our normal time. Um, and hopefully we won't have the interruptions on the, uh, on the live video. We'll try and get some of the technical glitches worked out here as, again, Studio Ink Construction. But we appreciate you guys uh, hanging with us. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash huddleuppodcast. Twitter is at huddleuppodcast. Check out our home network, ngscsports.com. And also, uh, you know, their sponsor, QB54. Go to playqb54.com. Use promo code podcast for 20% off of your order. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. And uh, until next week, guys, stay safe, stay smart. And go for the win.